Welcome to episode eight of Nine on Hockey. All right, Ern, we're back, and the season premiere of Nine on Hockey for the 2017-18 season. I can't believe uh, summer has come and gone, and it's hockey season, Bob. I'm really excited. Oh, me too. It's going to be uh, should be tremendous. They kick off uh, action on Wednesday night. We've got uh, you know maybe Austin will score four goals up in Winnipeg again, but it'll be uh, <laughs> it should be uh, it should be a good opportunity. Most of the teams uh, will be open by uh, Friday, and I know we got some games we're going to attend personally over the course of the next couple of. Uh, uh, next couple of days but you know i guess the big question right off the bat is are the pittsburgh penguins going to be able to be the first team uh to win three consecutive stanley cups since the new york islanders you know it would be nice to see but i don't think they're gonna they're gonna go three peat um for one you know we talked about mark andre Fleury being there they had the duo uh, of goaltending and they don't have that anymore and, and i think goaltending win championships as you see they needed both goaltenders yes they have Sidney crosby yes they have malkin and Kessel and Letang's back, but uh, you, you got to have goaltending. So if one of those goaltenders goes down, or you don't have both of them, you know you could uh, it's trouble. So I mean, it would be fun to see them go back to back to back and get a three peat, but I just don't think it's going to happen. No, it's tough. And also, you look at some of uh, the lack of depth they have down the middle. I mean, obviously at the top of the uh, you have Crosby, you have Malkin, uh, but any injuries there to them. Uh, it's particularly to one of those two, and they have suffered injuries over the course of the last couple of seasons uh, with the goaltending situation that you mentioned and the fact that, hey, the Penguins have played a lot of games over the last two years. You know, they've gone deep into the playoffs. A lot of their stars played in the World Cup last uh, September. That's a lot of mileage on uh, on players in a short period of time. And there's got to be a burnout factor that I think would affect them throughout the at least the regular season this year. Oh, absolutely. And you talk about the Olympics Crosby played in and, and just keep, keep going back back not only the regular season the playoffs but olympics world cup uh he's just been playing 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 all those guys have been so um i know a lot of a lot about predictions we can sit and we can make our predictions for all these but i'll go back to last year who would have thought the national predators would have went to the stanley cup finals and almost had a chance to win it so uh it'll be interesting to see but i don't think pittsburgh's gonna go three peat this year no, it'll be interesting to see. And we'll talk a little bit about our, uh, you know, our respective teams. Obviously, the Red Wings were the uh, for you the uh, first time in twenty four plus years that uh, they failed to make the playoffs last year. But a lot of excitement in Detroit with that beautiful new building that they have at the Little Caesars Arena, and I know people have been raving about that. And hopefully, we'll get a chance to look at it firsthand sometime during the the course of the season here. But what are your thoughts on the Red Wings? You know, they have, uh, like you said, that beautiful new building. And I grew up watching in uh, all the Red Wings and actually playing when I played for Little Caesars, playing at Joe Louis Arena. So it's going to be fun to see the new arena when we go up there and we check it out. But, you know, for the uh, for the Red Wings, I know uh, as a diehard Red Wing fan growing up and still a Red Wing fan, uh, I think it's going to be a tough season for them. They're in the rebuilding phase. You got this new barn, this new building that everybody's coming to see, but you don't really have a premier. I mean, yes, you have Henrik Zetterberg, and he's going to be 38 years old. And yes, you have Dylan Larkin, but there's not those premier, premier guys that you have. They're they're rebuilding right now. And you look at Nicholas Cronwall, uh, he's he's getting a little older. He's 37. He's had some injury problems. And um, so I I think it's going to be a tough year for the Red Wings. I'd love to see them uh, 
do really well, as I always have as a kid. But I just, I just don't think. I think it's going to be a little while before the Wings uh, they get back at it and, and make a run at that playoffs again. It's almost like you need a team like the Red Wings that you have to almost bottom out and get a player in the, a top two or three pick that allows them to get a franchise, whether it be center or defenseman, that they can build around again. You've seen with a lot of the teams. Uh, I mean, Toronto for years were in that go-between. They were kind of re- trying to rebuild on the fly. And yeah. it wasn't until they made those picks to be able to get Nylander, to be able to get Marner, and then obviously with Austin last year, putting it all together. And now they're competing. I think a lot of people feel that they're going to be able to compete in the Eastern Conference. And Edmonton was the same way. You know, getting Connor McDavid is uh, what propels you. And I think Detroit, you almost really have to bottom out over the course of the next season or two to get better instead of trying to rebuild on the fly or doing it through free agency because at some point the luck runs out. They've done a great job drafting quality players late in the first round over the period of the last few, uh, you know, last decade or so. But I don't think you can do that long term. No, you, you don't. And, and you look at all those picks, like some of the picks that they've had uh, with Zetterberg going, I don't know, late in the later round. You, you have um, uh, a, a lot of the European players that Dylan they picked. Larkin. Dylan Larkin. That picked up, they were in the later rounds, and I, you just you're not seeing that anymore. So, like you said, I think it's going to take for them to bottom out to get a high, high draft pick and look for that generational player like the McDavid. I don't think we're going to see one for a while in him or an Austin Matthews, but that's what it's going to take for Detroit to get back up. They have this new facility, this new barn, and they got to put some uh, talent on the ice for uh, to bring some people into that building. I think it'll be a problem getting people to see that this year, especially as the great fan support the Red Wings ha- fans have. Well. You know, for me, it's another year of hoping uh, right on the bubble a little bit. But how about the New York Islanders being 6-0-2 in the preseason? Do you put any stock in that? Uh, I know you do, but I, I, not really because the Montreal Canadiens went 1-7 or 1-6 or whatever they went. And, and I have uh, Carey Price winning the Vesna this year. So, I mean, I don't know. It's great for the Islander fans. I think that Barzal is going to come up and uh, he had a ton of points in the preseason and uh, Johnny T, obviously, he's going to be one of those guys that puts up a lot of points. And um, I think the Islanders will make the playoffs this year. And I, and I think I, I'd love to see him on a run because I always love to see you in a good mood. And watching hockey, the, the, the deeper they go, the better mood you're in. But, uh, no, I think the Islanders are, are going to make that step. And you look to Halak. I think Halak's going to have a good year this year. I know he's had some doubt. He got sent down last year. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the year, they called him back up. And we talked about it a lot. If they would have brought him up or kept him up, maybe they make the playoffs. But, who knows? That's then and then. But I think Halak's going to have a good year. They got a good duo uh, in goaltending that uh, I think can carry the load, and, and they got some talented players that uh, uh, you know that can propel them into the playoffs. No, I agree. Both him and Grice had save percentages over nine seventy during the preseason, and some of those games were kind of a shooting gallery. The game yeah. I was at at Madison Square Garden a couple of weeks ago. I, I mean, the Rangers outshot the Islanders two to one, and Halak was just tremendous during that game and kept it a shutout. And uh, and all the games, both him and Grice really looked in control of their game, not only making uh, the number of saves, but just the quality and just ma- making the defense look a little better. Because from a from a forward standpoint, I think I'm as excited about a group of twelve forwards that the Islanders had going into this season as I think I have in maybe the last twenty years. You really look at the young players. You mentioned Matt Barzell, you know Josh Hosang. Beauvillier the other night, two goals, looks tremendous. Uh, you add in Jordan Eberle. Did you see that goal he scored in Buffalo on Friday? Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, 
you, you got to be excited about that. Anders Lee just, I mean, he's tenacious on the puck and it's not just, I don't think that thir- uh, 34 goals was a fluke last year. And look, there's a lot of questions going into the season for the Islanders. A lot of it off the ice, whether John will resign or certainly what's going to happen with the building. They submitted their RFP to uh, get the building uh, in uh, Belmont Park last week. Hopefully they'll, they'll win that and there'll be some good news and finally some, uh, <laughs> some consistency for Islander fans and know where they're going to be. And hopefully they'll be back, uh, you know, in Nassau County. But the thing that worries me as an Islander fan is the defense. Yes. Um, you know, I, I like Nick Letty. Uh, I think Johnny Boychuk, you know, every year he gets older. Calvin Dohan came off a very good year, but after that, Ryan Pollock, who was their 2013 number one pick uh, during the preseason, did not look good. Uh, a, a lot of you, you know, I've talked a lot about. Yeah. I know we watch the game about. It's about making quick decisions. Uh, the guy's got a you know a cannon of a shot, 100 miles an hour. He can skate like the wind, but his hockey sense, that hockey IQ that you, I know you've spent so much time talking about, I thought was lacking. And it's just interesting to see. I know a lot of fans were upset last year that after he got injured that he wasn't recalled from Bridgeport, but I think now you may be seeing why the Islanders were hesitant to throw him back in in the middle of a playoff race. Yeah, and, and defense, like you said, goaltending and defense, and you, and you lose uh, Hamanik. I, I always mess up his name for you. Hamanik. I always say it wrong. But you lose him to Calgary, uh, and he was a big piece of the defense for, for the Islanders, and, and who's going to replace him? And, and like you said, they have great forwards. They got good goaltending, but defense – so who, who's going to step up for the D and, you know, Letty's, Letty can skate, he can wheel, Boychuk can shoot the puck, and yes, he is getting older, but who's going to fill that void? Um, so we have to wait and see, but I like I agree with you 100%. Defense uh, is, is going to be the key uh, factor for the Islanders this year. Yeah, I mean, how much do you get out of Dennis Seidenberg? You know, Adam Pellick, they signed to that extension in the offseason. I know they're very high on him. There's a kid who's not going to make the team right out of camp, but I think could make an impact down the stretch. He had a great year in the American Hockey League last year in Devin Tays, and he can skate, and he looks like he has good hockey IQ as well. So it'll be interesting to see injuries dictate a lot of these decisions. You can yeah. sit and talk and pro- prognosticate all you want, but uh, it's a key injury that happens. But I'm excited to get to see the Islanders a little bit this week, and we're flying up uh, nice. to see the uh, the Islanders on Saturday night, maybe some other games along the way. The I'm Devils sure. are home, and <laughs> the Rangers are home too, and then a little match. Matinee game then fly out so she gets some firsthand look at the uh, at some of the NHL teams get to see St. Louis and uh, Buffalo Robbie Fabry uh, will not be there yeah, this season that's a big out. blow to a team that I think a lot of people might have penciled in as a, a powerhouse in the Western Conference so maybe let's just take a look at who do you think you know you'll, you'll look at you know we talked a little bit about teams in the Metropolitan Division and it seems like that's kind of where uh, the power is in the NHL right now who do you see being your three top teams in the Metropolitan Division? Um, well, you can't. I know you like Columbus. I like Columbus as well. Columbus is one of those teams. I, I really think that uh, the, the Capitals, even though uh, their disappointment last year in the playoffs, will be up there again. Uh, I know we all talked about their their salary cap issues, but I I still feel that the the Capitals will uh, will be one of those top teams uh, in that division. And you know, I, I, the Rangers, the Islanders. I'm going to go with the Islanders just because I think one of the Islanders are going to, they're going to surprise teams. I think they're going to surprise teams and, uh, and we just have to wait and see, but those are my, uh, those are my three. Hmm, okay. I mean, for me, I, I look at, I think Columbus, I think Pittsburgh and Washington, you flip flop, you know, any of those teams, I have a feeling the difference between points are going to be very uh, compacted this year. I don't yeah. think there's going to be a big no. spread like it's been where the capitals kind of ran away with it over the course of the last two seasons. Um, you know, those are my picks in the Metropolitan Division and in the Atlantic Division. I have uh, Toronto, 
Tampa and Boston being the three teams. So I don't have Montreal making the playoffs. You that's don't. my uh, that's my pick. I know a lot of people are higher in Carolina. Uh, yeah. I think they're good. I I don't know whether the goaltending situation has been solved there as much as no. uh, as maybe some other people do. But uh, those are my six divisional teams, and I'm going to pick the Islanders and Rangers to be the wild card wild teams. Card. And uh, but I I really believe that. It will not. There's going to be not that big a spread of points this year, and you know, a game two, a game or two here or there, or a shootout win uh, can make a big difference. And obviously, we talked about injuries. Well, I'm going to go uh, in the, Tampa and the Atlantic coming out. I think Tampa with Stamkos back, some uh, um, some big trades in the off season. I think Tampa is going to be the team uh, to beat in that division. And you look for uh, absolutely Toronto, the Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. Everybody talks about the sophomore slump. I don't think he's going to have the sophomore slump. Uh, with the guys he's playing with, and uh, I am going to go with Montreal. I, I think Montreal is uh, you can't you can't go against Carey Price. Um, I, I think that uh, Carey Price is going to step up for them. And in, even though yes, they went zero and or one and six or whatever in the preseason, I, I still think they have a good hockey team because they have Carey Price. This isn't a major move, but how about the the Boston Bruins for their backup goaltending situation? They had drafted uh, Malcolm Subban a, a few years ago. It seemed like he was developing really well, and they put him on waivers. He was claimed by Vegas today. So uh, Boston's going with your former teammate, Anton Kodobin, as their backup this year at 31 years old and letting a, a highly touted prospect go for nothing. What are your thoughts? It was. Uh, I really honestly thought that uh, they were going to keep Kodobin. Uh, I didn't speak with him in the offseason, but I, I just feel that uh, they're going to go with experience. And I think at right now, Kadobin's a better goaltender than Subban. I, I think there was question marks by Boston. Um, you know, we saw him play a, a few games that they called him up last year, and he let in a, a bunch of goals. And I just think think the confidence is that high in him. And obviously, they, they didn't either. They sent him on waivers, but Vegas picks him up. So, uh, you know, a fresh start for him, um, a new club, a new outlook. So it could be good for him. But uh you know, you had to think Boston was going to go with their, their best two goaltenders, and that, that's what they went with. Well, that's interesting. We'll see. Out West, uh, you know, teams that we get to see more on TV or when they come into town, but the Pacific Division, you you got to like Edmonton, you know, the, you know, what they went through last year, and uh, they did nothing but make themselves better, in my opinion, in the offseason. What are your thoughts on the Pacific Division? I've got Edmonton, Anaheim, and Calgary. I know they're a little bit of a fringe team, but I like what they've done out there. Maybe I'm a little partial to Yermer Yager signing yesterday, but um, what are your thoughts of that? Well, I think the Battle of Edmonton, Alberta, I should say. Uh, obviously, Edmonton, I believe, is going to be that top team. And I'm going to flip-flop your picks. Uh, you went Anaheim, Calgary. I'm going to go Calgary, then Anaheim. Uh, same three, I agree with you. Uh, I think those are the best teams with uh, Johnny Goudreau uh, in Calgary. But Anaheim had some... Uh, Kessler's out at the beginning of the beginning of this uh, season, so a couple other guys out for Anaheim. So it's at the beginning, it's going to be a grind for them, but I still think at the end, those are the teams that uh, will be there come playoff time. Central Division, uh, you know, I got Minnesota. Uh, I, I really like what Minnesota has to offer, at least during the regular season. You yeah. never know come playoff time. Devin Dumitic, obviously, a, a tremendous goaltender. Chicago and Dallas. I mean, you could flip flop either one of those two. I mean, nobody retooled like Dallas did in yeah. the off season. They added a lot of players. How that all comes together is going to be interesting. They're going to score goals. That yeah. we know. Yeah, I, 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 Dallas is my pick out of that division. I know you like Minnesota and Chicago's always has a good team, but I, I think Dallas was what they've done. They've acquired Bishop uh, in the in the off season, and and a lot of they have a lot of offense. They're going to score a lot of goals. Uh, and it goes back to, like you said, the Islanders' defense. How's their defense going to hold up? But I, I really think Dallas is going to be that team that that this year is going to uh, push themselves into the playoffs and make a nice run at it. 
in my wild card picks, I've got uh, St. Louis, even though uh, losing Robbie Fabry, I think they're still a pretty strong team and uh, I think they'll be a wild card team. And, and how, how do you leave off the uh, defending Western Conference uh, champions and the Nashville Predators? But uh, I, I, I don't know whether Peter Laviolette's going to be able to get them uh, into that top three in the division. No, I don't, I don't think so either, but they just have to be able to make the playoffs and it's a new season. And like we said, we saw them go all the way to the cup and have a chance to win the cup uh, last year. So you just want to be able to get your team into the playoffs and then it starts a whole new season, no matter if you're seated one or eight or however you're seated. But uh, I think Nashville is, is going to uh, to be there at the end as well. No, I agree. I think that's uh, – so let's talk, I know you always like to pick uh, some of the individual awards, sir, uh, and you had this right from opening uh, night last year. The Hart Trophy, I think we'll both agree, it'll oh, be yeah. Connor McDavid. Yeah, Connor McDavid. Hands down. I, I was almost going to say Austin. I think he's going to be in the running. I bet he'll be a finalist this year. But uh, yeah. I, I think it's McDavid's trophy for a while. Norris Trophy. We might go. Who are your thoughts on the Norris Trophy? I'm going to have to go with Victor Hedman of Tampa Bay. I, I really think that uh, every year he's picked up his game and he was in the contention for it last year. And I really think with Tampa, what they did this year with uh, getting some guys back in the lineup and acquiring some guys. I really think Victor Hedman's going to have one heck of a year. He's going to get a lot of points, and uh, he's going to be the man that uh, takes home the Norris this year. Even though I didn't pick them to make the playoffs, I think uh, Ottawa, I'm going to go with Eric Carlson. How can you doubt Eric Carlson? It's not a bad pick. No, it's a, it's a safe pick. One. It's a safe pick. It's That's a safe what I'm going pick. for. The Venza Trophy. Yes, I'm, you kind of mentioned it before. Who's your pick? Oh, for the uh, Venza. Uh, he sure. I went to New Jersey. No, the Venza, the gold. Oh, player. the Vezna. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking the cold. Uh, I'm going to go with Carey Price. Obviously, I, I think he's still the best goaltender in uh, in the game, and I think he's going to propel the Montreal Canadiens into the playoffs and give them a chance to win. He gives them a chance to win every single night, and I'm going to go with him. I'm going off the board. Where are you going? Edmonton and Cam Talbot. Whew. He gets a lot of games in. He's going to get a lot of shots. He gets. A, he led. The, I think he led the league in shots and uh, games and minutes and everything last year. And how's that going to take toll on him? Who knows? But uh, you're going with uh, you're going with Talbot. You know what? If I'm right on this one, I look like a genius at the end of the season. You, you got to go off the board every like once it. in a while. I like it. Rookies making an impact. You, you mentioned Heesher, you're yeah. going to go Nico Heischer. Nico Heischer. Yeah, All right. absolutely. I'm going to go a little close to home after the preseason. I'm kind of willing this one a little bit, but I uh, I think Matt Barzal is going to be Easy. the Calder Trophy winner for the Islanders. He's going to get power play time on that first unit with Tavares. He's been playing that point. Uh, he looks like he's going to get second line minutes playing with Andrew Ladd right now. Is uh, reading in practice today, so that the speed it's a he's, speed oh, game, yeah. and uh, he's got wheels. He can fly, and and like we talked about last week, uh, showing that highlight goal that he scored. When you sent it to me, you told me to watch it. I thought they were actually fast forwarding that clip, but it wasn't. He was flying. He was going that fast. So a nice pick. Um, uh, you know, very hopeful that your Islander wins the Rookie of the Year, but uh, he's a heck of a player, and hopefully he gets a lot of ice time and uh, puts up a lot of points for the Islanders. Be the first one in 20 years for the Islanders to win the Rookie of the Year. Remember the last one? I have no idea. Brian Burrard. Was it really? Yeah, 1996-97 season. And then he lost his eye, what, a year later? A couple of years later, he was traded later. and he had a terrible accident. Yeah, uh, high stick. When uh, when he was with Toronto, it's... Uh, it is, uh, it is one of those things, but speed is the name of the game, and you have to get your young players to, to contribute. And the fun thing is there's going to be a player that comes out of nowhere. There's going to be a team that comes out of nowhere that nobody can see, and I, I think that's the fun thing about uh, the NHL and how important it is for teams to get off to fast starts. What's that statistic that, what, six or seven out of the teams that are in the playoff spot by Thanksgiving have like an 80 or 90% chance of making the playoffs. So Amazing. it's, you know, you look at it, it's hard, and especially in the advent of the three-point game with uh, the shootout, 
um, and the extra point to be able to make up points. The Islanders saw that last year. They got off to a tough start. It was tough for them to make it up. You know, Tampa Bay, the same thing. Mm-hmm. They had a tremendous finish, but just came up a little bit short. So getting off to a fast start for a lot of these teams, I'm sure every general manager, every coach is preaching that, um, you know, right off the bat. I know when people say, oh, you know, the regular season doesn't mean anything in hockey. I, there is no greater f- fallacy than that because, um, you know, the, the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs the last few years has come down to a single point. And, uh, um, you know, it starts right off the bat tomorrow night. Yeah. And, and you look back, I know for me playing, you go back, you get to game 70, 71, 72, and you're two or three points back from making a playoff or getting to that next spot. And you look back three, four months earlier, you're like, oh man, that Sunday afternoon game, we just didn't give it and we lost two points. And you, you go back and you look. So I know coaches, GMs, they all preach every game matters, every point counts. So uh, like you said, they got to be out, they got to have a good start, get every point they can because uh, come, come crunch time, one, two points, they matter in the standings, whether home ice, not home ice, or not even making the playoffs. So we're talking a little bit of opening night, and I sent this out on the blog a little bit and got some feedback from some of our listeners. But what were some of your thoughts? I mean, uh, you played in some opening nights. You watched some opening nights growing up. Is there a certain memory that you have? You wait all summer long to get ready to play. Was Is there one either through your career or through uh, games watching that sticks out in your memory? Uh, playing and watching. I mean, uh, watching back when I was a kid, I remember uh, watching the Red Wings uh, raise the uh, opening when they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, 1997, uh, going to the game the, the following year when they raised the the uh, the banner was one of those moments that you'll never forget. Or uh, it just uh, makes you want to be a hockey player, try to get to the NHL, and it's just uh, it's a cool thing to see. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of opening games, but to be able to see the Stanley Cup banner being raised was one of those memories that you'll you'll never forget, and you'll take uh, to when I'm old and gray, still remember it. Oh, that's awesome. You know, for me, I I, I think I mentioned I've been. I've seen a lot of Islander opening games. I've gone ever. I haven't missed. I've missed only one since 1993. So uh, some great memories of flying up there. And, uh, and I think one of my favorite ones was the last one at the Nassau Coliseum because I got to take my daughter, Caitlin with me. And it was kind of a memory we had. We tailgated with all my friends telling the same stories that we always have. And she got to experience that the Islanders won. In fact, I think it was uh, Anton Kadobin in net and Johnny T scored. So it was kind of a fun night for us getting to experience that. So it's, uh, Looking forward to adding to that memory this weekend and getting to see more uh, more opening games and uh, and look forward to throughout the uh, the entire season being able to bring some uh, uh, color to some of these games. Some of our listeners actually tweeted in, emailed in all these different social like media it. outlets that uh, shared some uh, uh, thoughts with us. And uh, one we got from uh, Keith in Smithtown, New York. He's an Islander fan, and he was mentioning how excited he was back in 1993. Remember the Islanders had come off going to the. Uh, the conference finals that year, yeah. they beat the Penguins in double overtime, and the Islanders that year got Ron Hextall in the um, um, in the off season, and thought they would solidify their their goaltending situation. Opening night, they played the Devils. They raised the banner for winning the Patrick Division playoffs, and Keith thought the Islanders were going to win the Stanley Cup for the fifth time, and. Um, I think Hextall gave up six goals on like 18 shots and was sitting on the bench by the second period. And uh, his hopes and dreams kind of came crashing down as uh, I think a lot of Islander fans did. But uh, no, that was uh, certainly not all of them end up being the way you'd expect it. But I do remember that game. It uh, it led to a little bit of uh, disappointment. So, hey, well, Keith, we'll be uh, sending you out a nine on hockey T-shirt for thanks for uh, for sending that in. Uh, we got Jason in Naples here. I know he's a fan of yours uh, from Ghost of the Everblades games. And uh, he was saying that he's he's an Islander fan like me, originally from 
from Long Island. And he had sent in that he was originally going up to one of the Islander uh, last home openers at the at the Nassau Coliseum. And uh, um, he ended up finding out that the, the schedule, he was off on the schedule and he had to go to a wedding instead. So he was all upset and the, he was in the bridal party and he was streaming the game on the fo- his phone and he, and he got caught. He got in trouble. <laughs> he got in trouble for watching <laughs> hockey like we all it. of us have. So uh, that's a great memory, Jason. Thanks very much. I know you've been a big supporter of uh, the podcast so far. So we'll uh, have you... I awesome. send out a, a nine on hockey t-shirt to you as well. Thanks very much. We really do enjoy the uh, interaction with the listeners. We got some good feedback. Actually, we had we had somebody listen to us in Sweden last week. Yeah, yeah. I get to I get to see this on like uh, on <laughs> on SoundCloud where people are listening to. So we're going international. Aren't? All right, we're big time. Though. Oh, it's uh, big time. But uh, really excited about this season, and uh, I think there's going to be some great memories to uh, be created. We made some of these picks, and it'll be fun to at the end of the season to look back and see how. Uh, Correct, we were, yeah. and we'll talk about those, and yeah. then we'll maybe skim over some of the ones. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be reminding me of Cam Talbot if that doesn't work yeah, out. I'm hey, sure he could be the he could be the hero. He could win all the awards. Who knows? Uh, I appreciate everyone's listen so far. We're excited about uh, the upcoming season. Please continue to send in some of your stories. We'll continue to send uh, pictures and post things on the blog and the social media of the games that we attend. And uh, it's been a great uh, fun for Ern and I to get to interact with people and, and certainly making this hockey season even more fun. Hope everyone's enjoyed the interviews that we've had so far. We're going to have a couple more guests on in the coming weeks. And we just ask if you could, please continue to rate and review us on um, iTunes and Stitcher and, uh, and SoundCloud cloud all those things help quite a bit for us but we really look forward to what's going to be an absolutely outstanding 2017-18 season all right Ern. sounds good bob looking forward to it all right talk to you next week bye now